Joe Sushiro. We increased the degree to 36. Going the right way, bro. Oh, let me just let me just cushion the blow of having to return to the confused academy, should we? Yeah. There's a story out of Grand Rapids, Michigan, of a of a Labrador dog named Tink. It's owned by the Sullivan family. Okay. And uh, they have, Mr. and Mrs. Sullivan have to put the dog in a high chair to eat. Right. And then they have to burp it. And here's the uh, here's some uh, TV uh, audio of that. Both their dog joins them in a high chair. Look at this. Tink is a Labrador retriever. She's been sitting in a high chair to eat since she was nine weeks old. But it's because of a condition she has called mega esophagus. That means when she eats, the food doesn't go down to her stomach. It just stays in her esophagus, and she eventually regurgitates it. So the high chair helps her digest. After she sits in her chair, this is a normal thing. For about five minutes, we typically we burp her as crazy as that sounds. Um, and then we do a throat massage, too, where we get in deep to the esophagus and just try to help move the food down. Wow. Gross. Tink's owners say she is worth all the effort. Oh, well, I bet what a she great is because at, oh. she's obviously a beautiful dog, but that's the thing dog owners know, animal lovers in general know, that your pets provide so no. much joy and companionship and love in your life. So it's like whatever you can do that. to also right here. return the nice? favor. Bon appetit, Tink. Bon appetit, Tink. All right. <laughs> Oh. Thank you. Cute little dog. Oh, wait, the here, there's more. Hang on, hang on. Comes together with what? the logo. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I wouldn't do that with okay. a dog. I wouldn't do that with a dog. Okay. It's a cute dog. It is. It's just they burped a thing in a in a high chair. No, they're holding it when they burped it. Well, it eats in a high chair. Right. Then they take it out of the high chair. I don't have that problem with my esophagus. No, you don't. Oh. Chicago professor. Are we going to get serious again? Are you going to get serious well, again? That was a serious. That was a real story. I have two items. Two items. Two. Okay, Steve, go ahead. I am Steve. You ready, Steve? I Steve, am... how you doing? Hey, Steve. Or hey, Bill. I'm. I'm a You're Steve. On the way. I, there you I, go. I am Steve. <laughs> okay. Go pack. Chicago professor wants to help children turn out queer. All right. Hmm. What's a, it? A professor at the School of the Art Institute of Chicago wants to train new teachers to help kids turn out queer through. Art education. Okay. Professor Adam Gretemann, who is responsible for teaching soon to be K through 12 art teachers, wrote in the peer reviewed Journal of Studies in Art Education that educators should be exploring how to help children turn out gay. This article explores the possibilities of queer theory in art education, and I playfully, perhaps provocatively, Ask how art education can help kids turn out queer, Gretemann wrote in the article called Helping Kids Turn Out Queer, Queer Theory in Art Education. Huh. I contemplate the ways in which art education researchers address queerness and how those forms of address impact the relations that are impossible within the educational dynamic, Gretemann wrote. 
According to Campus Reform, Gretemann suggested queer art lessons, including a queer, a queerer agenda in class and engaging in queer affirmation strategies to ensure LGBTQBBRMMQPTRLGBTQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQQ
had a had a finger shaking. Well, do you at think you the and... kid at St. Olaf's ever going to suffer any repercussions? Remember that from last yeah, year. I, oh That's, yeah, there's been no repercussions there. So maybe the police uh, are doing the right thing uh, to be to be charitable. Man who has never had a relationship with a tree, Joe Suchere. Girl, try to remember. Wait, I got one more from the Academy. I don't get this one. This what one. What you got? Uh, this one. Uh, this one changes the game for everybody. How <clears throat> so? A faculty member at the University of New Mexico was blasted. Blasted. For wearing a headdress on Halloween, according to KRQETV. There's just one catch. The faculty member is Native American. Oh, you get to then. That's what I thought, but will you hear this? No, those back. Okay, go ahead. The unnamed faculty member reportedly wore the headdress to a pumpkin carving contest held at the school over Halloween. Just because you're Native American does not give you a free pass to rock a headdress or a tomahawk. Co-president of a Native American group on campus, Joaquina Castillo, told KRQE. The organization, the Kiva Club, K-I-V-A encourages involvement with Native American issues and events at the university on both student and community levels. Castillo added she was actually being awarded for most authentic costume, which is just an even more big slap in the face. I can't believe it. Other members of the club told KRQE that the costume was a prime example of cultural appropriation and was racist. Well, no, it wasn't because that word doesn't mean anything anymore and was racist to boot because the faculty member in question is Navajo, and headdresses are reportedly not worn within that particular tribe. Oh, my gosh. They're splitting hairs. Hope Alvarado told KRQE, the faculty represent the university in a way that speaks to the values of this university. When we see faculty members who are outwardly culturally appropriating from any background someone else's culture, it sends a clear message. I don't know what message that said. Right. People need to be held accountable, Alvarado added. We need to call it what it is, and that's cultural appropriation. It's racism. No, it isn't, because that word doesn't mean anything. So let me get this straight. Yep. Break it on down for me. Uh, well, what I learned from this is no one ever better wear a, a headdress. Uh, unless even, you're, what, even at you're a wasipi or a powwow. Even if you're a Native American. Uh, because she's Navajo, she uh, was accused of cultural appropriation because uh, apparently the Navajo don't wear headdresses. Well, you'd think just being a brother, a Native American brother or sister, you would. She has a sister. Huh. I, I don't know where to turn anymore. I, I... Okay. Uh, African Americans can tell uh, African-American jokes. Asians can tell Asian jokes. 
Polish can say, mock the Polish. I thought so. Jews can and say a Jewish joke that's, yeah. unless you're Larry David and you're doing a Holocaust that's joke. Not that, funny. That's not funny. No. I I would have thought, I, I, I guess they're splitting hairs here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are we going to do? What? When? Okay, what's going to be funny uh, 25 years from now? What, you can't tell jokes? Not not that this is a joke, but I'm just thinking ahead to what's next? What what layer will be stripped away let's see so if we, we can't can, live our life? Let's see if we can make this analogous to something. It would be tantamount to uh, uh, what? A... Uh, An Irish guy. No, it'd be, it would be tantamount to... A native of Tonga dressing up like Moana, who's Polynesian, even though. Ah, uh, okay. Even yes. though if you're from Tonga, wouldn't you be in a, a relatively under the same umbrella? Wouldn't you be under the same uh, umbrella in a, as in a Polynesian family? Well, because I, I guess all the girls in America were uh, disabused of the notion yeah, of dressing up like Moana girls, last yeah, week. Girls, we could go tonight. We could go tonight. I didn't see any Moanas because they were told that'd be cultural appropriation. That's a new one, isn't it? That's in a, that's a, that was invented out of whole cloth. Cultural appropriation. What doesn't? What does that mean? Cultural it, appropriation. But this comes from the same people who advocate for sameness. Cultural appropriation is a Mysterian idea that stems that that flows from the same people. Who want who want everyone to be equal? Who want everyone to be the same? And yet, they find this thing called cultural appropriation and pounce on you uh, for daring to be the same as uh, someone who you are not the same from. I thought that's what they wanted. It's frustrating. It is. I'm. I'm. I'm what I'm saying is, our kid, the kids that are born. Thirty years from now, ah, they got. There won't be a world for thirty years from now. It's over. Halloween will be gone. It's over. It's global warming will take care of that. We're going to get rid of all the holidays. No, there aren't going to be any because the mystery keeps winning. Well, Memorial Day, Fourth of July. No, and Labor that's Day. not going to go. That's not going to. New Year's Day. No, that's no, not going to go. Away. That's going to be over. That's going to be over. This is about it, folks. And enjoy it while it lasts, because we're pretty much done. And the annual. Commute times for the country have come out. I never know how to root for this. Do we want to be, do we want to lead this list for commute times? Do we want to lead the list for most stressful? It's almost a competitive list that comes out every year about this time. And I, for one, uh, don't know where to be on it. Uh, The longest, and I don't know how they do it. They say uh, the average round trip commute times the uh, the worst is Washington D.C. But where are you measuring from? What if you live next to the White House? Your right. commute time is thirty seconds. I don't they, know where they, they measure. They must have from. different stipulations, or, or uh, uh, it's it's, it's I guess I guess they're average commute times. Washington D.C. sixty point four two minutes. San Francisco is second. New York's got to be the worst. I, I can't. New does, York's in fourth place. How you can't well, get around? Fifty-seven point nine two minutes. L.A. is in eighth place. Fifty-three point six eight minutes. Minneapolis is in twenty-second out of twenty-seven places. 
the Minneapolis commute is an average of 43.53 uh, minutes. Hmm. But right. for stress, but for stress, yeah. Uh, stress is legit. Minneapolis falls to 24th out of 27. So we're, we're a relatively stress-free so, oh, commuting so that's, area. Okay, so you want to be lower on that. You don't want to yeah. be the most stressed out. What's the most stressed out? What do you think? Uh, that's New York for LA. sure. L.A. Damn. New York falls to ninth. Uh, L.A. would be because, you know what, New York, there's really no uh, room. L.A., It's a can be a little spread out, so people are coming uh, L.A. Is, is horrible. I drove there two years ago. It's it's. I can't take I would not live there for all the money in the world. I can't take it. Well, it's it's just dreadful. I remember telling you, how do people go to a Los Angeles Kings game? How do people go to a Dodgers game or a football game? You'd have to... You would never go into town. How do you go out for dinner? It, right. It's just terrible. Well, you got to know somebody. They can't yeah. use Harvey's name anymore. No. Uh, Los Angeles, California is number one for stress, followed by Miami, Austin, Texas, Phoenix, San Francisco, Houston, Dallas, Washington, New York, Atlanta, Detroit, Pittsburgh, Boston, as and as I say, Minneapolis, way down the list at 24th. Well, that makes me feel a little bit better. I, I think so. Hey, you. Out east. Yes. Are you? What's your commute? How long is your commute? Uh, three minutes. <laughs> Just down upstairs see, from the basement, huh? See, I never know where they're measuring from what point to what point. And you know what? They 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 recently opened up the shoulder, yeah, uh, on the two lane road that I take to work during rush hour. What do you I, got a rickshaw or something? What do you <laughs> What do you mean a two lane? Where are you? No, well, it's a four lane highway with a concrete divider, oh. but I mean uh, the it's re- very congested during rush hour. So they've decided to open up the shoulder okay. during rush hour, which is very strange. Ah, uh, problem but, solved. But I get out of here five minutes before that time frame ends. I see. So I pull out and boom, I'm home in three minutes. Isn't that something? Uh, well, we're going to talk bad. to you in so a to moment. Speak. We'll talk to you in a moment. We'll be back shortly. Right now. John, as is our custom. Yes. I'm a midnight teaser. Uh, Carl, go ahead, please. Yeah, they went into the nursing home uh, in the Al's room at the nursing home. And who, who went in? Said, what now? I'm sorry. Who went into a nursing home? Well, the nurse. Okay. Went in to check on Al at the nursing home and. He was taking the shoe polish and putting it all over his swimsuit area. And uh, the nurse said, no, Al, you heard it wrong. They said, turn the clocks back. Can you say that on the radio? Turn the clocks oh, the clock. back. Yeah. It was daylight savings time. Wait, well, Al heard it wrong. Al, you know, memory care. The problem is he heard it wrong. That's a memory care issue. That's what the problem is. Al, you got to have him. You, you got to listen. Because <laughs> okay. probably he had a bad hearing aid. You probably. Know? Probably. Mm. Uh, what so, kind is it? About 2.30. Uh, about 2.30. <laughs> Oh, here's John oh, Height. Boy, I love you know, I love you know, heard it wrong. I love what Carl calls in. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Yeah. It's sunny. 36 degrees. Oh. Sources have been reporting for a couple of days that the Vikings will bring... 
Teddy Bridgewater off the physically unable to perform list and put him on the roster tomorrow. Now word has it that the team might put Sam Bradford on IR to make room on the roster. ESPN reports Bradford today visiting Dr. James Andrews. Have his ailing left knee reevaluated. That will give the Vikings more info before they need to make that roster move tomorrow to restore Bridgewater. Bridgewater uh, hasn't played you since heard it <laughs> suffering a <laughs> torn it's left ACL. You turn the clock yeah, you back. You didn't hear it right. Back, yeah. Uh, yeah. Who are you so talking about? Bridgewater Teddy? could be yeah. back tomorrow yeah. in Bradford Teddy. Uh, IR. So there you go. I'm going to get a lot of mileage out of that one. Oh, God. <laughs> the Timberwolves, uh, ready and willing, apparently. Can, to I call re- my, can I leave and call my dad right <laughs> now, please? I would like to call my dad. Oh. Timberwolves ready and willing, apparently, to retire the most. <laughs> and Al's working hard on I'm it. I'm just seeing Al. Al's yeah. just befuddled yeah. as hell. Yeah. I, I don't know why. I don't know why. got to do this is, twice a year. Everybody's oh. doing it in every room, they said. Oh, my God. Timberwolves are ready and willing to retire the most obvious candidate in franchise history. The question is, is he ready? Wolves owner Glenn Taylor was on yesterday with Mackie and Judd here on 1500 ESPN. God, what are you saying? What are you? Oh, what, this is uh, this guy, Steve. Go ahead. Said he's open to the idea of retiring Kevin Garnett's number 21, but Taylor told Mackie and Judd Garnett's been silent on the matter. Taylor said, for our part, we've invited KG to do that numerous times, so I think it's just waiting for KG to feel comfortable. Oh, poop on you, KG. I'm going to make sure and make a note. we got to save that uh, audio. News notes from today. A 37-year-old male was wounded in the shooting that occurred early this morning in Coon Rapids. The Anoka County Sheriff's Department reports Coon Rapids police officers dispatched to a report of a shooting at 11461 Ivywood Street Northwest about 435 this morning. There they discovered the victim had been driven to a nearby hospital in a private vehicle prior to their arrival. Victim is expected to survive. The suspect fled the scene. A release said the search is ongoing. It's believed the victim and suspect knew each other. The conflict was limited to the parties involved. Police say the matter remains under investigation. Two Minnesota targets are closing. It had already been announced that Fergus Falls would be losing its target, and now they've found out the target in Hastings will be closing in February. Workers in Hastings were told on Monday their store will close for good on February 3rd. The too many uh, Minnesota stores are among 12 across the U.S. that are being closed. Hy-V is slowing down its growth in the Twin Cities. The company opening its eighth store here today in Shakopee, but after the ninth opens in Robbinsdale next fall, Hy-V says it'll back off a bit. I have yet to see one. Where are they? Uh, they're, they're all around. around. Like, yeah, there's one Egan, up on me. They're very cool. Oakdale. Uh, I like going to o- a Hy-Vee. What's what? What's the difference? Uh, I just like it's a different type of store, but I like um, I like their layout. All right. Yeah, I also do. And Rook will like this, and Joe, you'll laugh at us, but they have. Small restaurants in there that are quite good. It's a they grocery do. store with restaurants that's they got very a little good bit food. of everything. They do, yes. Uh, Joe, you want to run up to the Hy-Vee, have a little lunch? No. <laughs> <laughs> Even though stores in Maple Grove, Columbia Heights, Farmington, and Chaska might be delayed a bit, the company says they are still on the books. Last week, Hy-Vee announced a delay in building a new distribution center in Austin, Minnesota, and said it's reevaluating the size of its stores. The stores they uh, have here now are 90,000 to 105,000 square feet. Uh, they may, uh, may make them smaller, 12,000 to 50,000 square feet. 
The phone used by the gunman who stormed into First Baptist Church on Sunday, killing 26 people, including an 18-month-old and an unborn child, has been recovered and turned over to the FBI, but encryption technology is preventing officials from having access to it. FBI Special Agent in Charge Christopher Combs said today the phone that Devin Kelly used to call his dad during a high-speed chase after the rampage at the church has been sent to the FBI Academy in Quantico. He told reporters, unfortunately, at this time we are unable to get into that phone. Combs, who wouldn't describe the type of phone Kelly had, said it highlights a bigger issue with new technology. said law enforcement, whether it's at the state, local, or federal level, is increasingly not able to get into the phones. He added, we're going to keep working on that phone and other digital media that we have. Might take a little while to finish up your order for the Science Museum of Minnesota's throwback Brontosaurus sweatshirt. We told you about that last week, made an appearance on Netflix's Stranger Things TV show. According to a new message on the museum's website, customers may experience what they're calling a slow system response as a result of the high volume of visitors. The character Dustin Henderson appeared in the popular show's first episode of its second season, wearing the St. Paul-based museum's hoodie that came from the 80s. In addition to the sweatshirt, the museum announced it would make other pieces of the vintage Thunder Lizard collection available, including crewnecks and T-shirts. A member of a French hunting party was killed yesterday in what authorities are calling an exceedingly rare and bizarre accident. Police say the unarmed 62-year-old man was acting as a beater. That's somebody who hides and tries to get the deer to come out of their cover. Mm. He was acting as a beater for a hunting party in Campagnon National Park. I'm just guessing on that. Should have given Is it that French, John? Yes, in mm-hmm. France. Mm-hmm. Around 50 miles northeast of Paris when the animal charged and pierced him with an antler. Oh, Regis Lavoisier. Well, no, you heard that job title wrong. <laughs> I'm sorry. Regis Lavoisier, described as a seasoned hunter, died of internal bleeding before emergency services got there. Oh, Authority, sh- authorities say hunting injuries involving a wild... Oh, this is wild boar. I'm sorry. I thought it said deer. There's a big difference, John. Yeah. I can't even give you a close enough on that one. I guess when I saw the antler, yeah. uh, I assumed it was a, a deer. But, but I sure. would imagine then of, of a boar oh, it was no, a horn. No, wait now. Okay. okay, I'm really confusing myself. Oh. Let's, let's backtrack a little here. Uh, you should be in the nursing home with Al. I think yeah, I should. Right. And Steve. <laughs> Authorities say hunting injuries involving wild boar are common. The ones like this one involving deer. Yeah. Are not completely I unheard see. of. I see. Whew. Yeah. You were right there. Yeah, good save. I, good save. Yeah. I was, but good I, was, catch. I was very confused, though, obviously. Justice <laughs> to... <laughs> just rock stars. I got to hear that again. Can you play that again? We have to wait for Why? the hour to turn over. Why? Because of the tape? Yeah, because yeah. it's... It, Let's we, save it for tape. Pat. All right. Save we'll play it for sports talk. Well, he'll step on I it, don't walk get all it. over Why it. Why are we playing these comedy routines? Right. What is going on? Hell, <laughs> <laughs> you heard it wrong. Oh. Okay, John. Her murderous web won't protect Japan's black widow who's been sentenced to hang after a months-long trial. Judge Ayako Nakagawa of the Kyoto District Court ruled today that Shisako Kakehi, who's 70, will hang for the murders of two common-law boyfriends and husband, as well as the attempted murder of a fourth man between 2007 and 2013. Judge said, I have no choice but to impose the ultimate penalty, noting the cunning and malicious cyanide poisonings were well prepared in advance and driven by greed as Kakehe reaped $8.8 million in insurance and inheritance money. The judge also noted that the woman who once said she would die smiling if executed showed no remorse, made light of human lives throughout the course of the trial. All right, thank you. The weather's next. 
Sports Talk lives here. Absolutely. 1500 ESPN. Here's Dave Dalton. Thank you, Joe. Just looking at a visible satellite pic and still some snow on the ground from central Minnesota up through the northern portion of our state and also down in far southwestern Minnesota, a little bit of snow there as well. Uh, but for us, the ground is bare. We uh, saw a high today of 36. That's the current reading. We're going to go down to 22, though, tonight with mainly clear skies. Tomorrow, mostly sunny and up to 38, so very similar to what we had today. And then some snow develops tomorrow night. It's going to be along that Arctic front that's going to drop our temps uh, in a big way by Thursday. So that'll come through after dark and probably even after midnight Wednesday night. Thursday's high, only 26, 15 for the low Thursday night. And then it begins to warm a little bit as we go into Friday and Saturday. With that warmer air, some light snow develops Friday evening. And that continues into Saturday morning and then mixes with a little bit of rain Saturday afternoon. We could get a couple of inches out of that system. Uh, Right now, it does look like it'll be measurable. Temperatures in the mid-30s for highs on Saturday. Sunday, though, upper 30s, so the snow will start to melt. And then 46 for Monday and Tuesday of next week. Uh, the def- uh, the snow definitely melts then. Scattered rain showers possible by Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday evening of next week with those 40s for highs. Mostly clear, though, tonight. It's going to be a cold one, Joe, down to 22. Right now we're at 36, and I have the records for the day. November 7. 72 on this date. 72. Way back in 1874. 1874. Six below zero. Six below. And you know the year. 1991. You got it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Weezer song Happy Hour for Brian, an emailer who said it's fitting for the state of our culture. Need a happy hour on sad days. You're not kidding. Russian man claims he was born on Mars before re- being reborn on Earth. There's only one reason I'm bringing this story up, and you'll find that out in a moment. Oh, okay. A man who was able to speak within months of being born and who could read and write by the age of two claims he is a Martian who was reborn on Earth. Boriska Kiprianovich, 21, claims he lived on Mars in a previous life until there was a war wiping out all life on the planet in the distant past. His parents claim that he has spoken about alien civilization civilization since he was a young boy, despite them never teaching him about the matter. He claimed that he had visited Earth while working as a pilot on Mars and that they had close connections to ancient Egyptians. Ah. In fact, he has made a prediction that life on Earth is going to change significantly when all the, when the Great Sphinx of Giza is unlocked using a mechanism behind its ear. Oh. He I- now lives in Volgograd, Russia, after being reborn on Earth and first made his unfounded and unproven claim several years ago. However, he has continued to mystify people and cause great curiosity among uh, conspiracy theorists and UFO hunters. Giving an insight into Martian life, he said that people from Mars stop aging at the age of 35 and are immortal. He's a commie, though. you got to take that into consideration. Speaking about the great Martian nuclear war, he said, No, I have no fear of death, for we live eternally. There was a catastrophe on Mars where I lived. People like us still live there. There was a nuclear war between them. Everything burnt down. Only some of them survived. They built shelters and created new weapons. He added that they grow to seven feet tall, can breathe carbon dioxide, and still live on Mars, but are now underground. That's why you don't see them. 
It is also. <laughs> I can't stop thinking about the joke. <laughs> It is also reported that he said Martians are so technologically advanced that they could carry out interstellar travel. His mother believes she knew he was special from the age of just a couple of weeks when he was able to hold his own head up unassisted. She also said he was able to read newspaper headlines by the age of one, could draw at two, and by two and a half he could paint. His mother said no one ever taught him. Sometimes he would sit in a lotus position and start telling us detailed facts about Mars, planetary systems, and other civilizations which really puzzled it. He could even pay with <laughs> shoe polish. All right, here's where here's where I why I brought this up. What do you want? <clears throat> what's what's uh, what do you got? Let's get on crap. Well, I gotta find it now. What he was worth? a pilot on Mars. That uh, that seems like a lonely life. Uh, did I lose it? No, it's right here. I, I got it. I'm gonna sure. get it here. Uh, where's the part about the thing behind the thing's ear? Uh, the Sphinx? The Sphinx will... Oh, here it is. He has made a prediction that life on Earth is going to change significantly. He doesn't say for good or bad. When the Great Sphinx of Giza is unlocked using a mechanism behind its ear. So the reason I brought this up is, well, go see if there's a mechanism behind the ear of the Great Sphinx of Giza. Yeah, but that's kind of hocus-pocus stuff. Do you want to be the one? Yeah. It's like the two-ton common when they went down and, to the... And, and uh, you know, when you watch, uh, not that you would, and I, I don't watch them routinely, but occasionally there are shows about, you know, called Alien Hunters or something yeah, on, the, on yeah. the History Channel. Yeah. And there's always been, uh, however conspiratorial or not, there's always been a connection between extraterrestrials and, and the Egyptians. And, and the thought that the, the extraterrestrials uh, had something to do with the development of the pyramids and what have you. So I, I find it interesting that this crackpot says he that the people on Mars had a deep relationship with Egyptians. Hmm. So if he's saying, look, uh, there's a the way you unlock the great uh, the Giza, the Sphinx there. Yeah. You uh, you there's a there's a device behind its ear. You got to go up there and find that and turn it. That uh, happens. You're smoking the lucky, huh? Well, that no. What? How do you know? Uh, it wouldn't be just all butterflies and rose petals. We don't know what he's predicting. He's a complete loony. But uh, call his bluff. Well, of course he's going to be. See, that, that's why I brought this up. Call his bluff. Call his bluff. There you go. Go to the uh, Great Sphinx of Giza, which is a a monstrous uh, uh, edifice, and get up there and see if there's a some sort of locking mechanism i'm looking at a picture of the great sphinx of giza yeah do you got see the any great, well it's got like the great a brick that's out of place no it's got the great big ears get get behind those ears and see if there's some sort of device that you could use to unlock the uh i don't know what it would unlock and what you would discover it would un unlock answers what what kind of answers matt well i mean just uh the way things are going today mm -hmm. I heard the first three notes of this and knew I still had it. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. No, Al, turn your clocks back. Oh, my God. I'm going to have that during sports talk. I really can't even call my dad right now. Well, anyway, uh, call this guy's bluff. Get a ladder, whatever you need there, 
Get up there and go behind the ear of the, the great Sphinx. Q-tip, yeah. Get behind the ear of the of the great Sphinx and see if there's some sort of a locking mechanism there and uh, get a safe cracker up there and open that sucker up and let's see what happens. Here, here. It could be a break glass smoke lucky. We don't know. Just a moment. We'll know soon enough. Well, the uh, show's over. I oh, it seems like we just sat down. We should let people know if Radio you want time ain't real. That's right. If you're picking up the Garage Logic show on the podcast at the Garage Logic, maybe Podcast One, iTunes, and so forth. There's also an inside Garage Logic podcast that we offer you as well, kind of explaining some of the uh, the backstory, the inside Garage Logic, and I'll tell you that the Rookie Family podcast is gaining some big time legs here as well. And we should tell you, we'll be live at O'Gara's Friday for live 1 at, to 3. Live yeah. at O'Gara's Friday in honor of Veterans Day, CenturyLink, and uh, the O'Gara family are inviting everybody to come on over for the broadcast on Friday afternoon of Garage Logic 1 to 3. 1500 ESPN is KSTP, St. Paul, Minneapolis. It's 36 degrees. 